Sailing, sailing over the mountain main, for many a stormy wind sends all the heck and foam again. Sailing, sailing over the mountain main, for many a stormy wind sends all the heck and foam again. Messing Around in Boats, Part 2. As pleasurable as I may have described sailing in my last podcast, I've learned the hard way that if you get yourself in a bind, you can't just motor your way out of it. About a decade ago, on a late summer afternoon, my friend Patty and I were sailing on the lakefront in Evanston. I knew we were taking a bit of a chance. The winds were from the west and they were gusty and the wind speed was in double digits. My rule of thumb is anything over 12 knots, no matter what the direction, is a deal breaker. The simple reason is that my boat's only 14 feet long. If it were over 20 feet, it wouldn't be much of a concern. A west wind on Lake Michigan is deceptive. There are no waves. They are actually blowing over towards Michigan. So the water looks calm, even though the wind is blowing hard. Our safety plan was not to get too far from shore, and that was a good plan considering what happened next. A rogue gust hit the boat, and before I could spill the sail, over we went. As they say, we turtled. It was so fast that by the time I jerked the rope loose, it was too late. There we were, in the drink, just a couple of hundred yards offshore. We quickly climbed onto the hull, which was now facing up, and called for help. A large city of Evanston inflatable called the Zodiac with giant outboard motors came to our aid, but my concern had completely shifted to trying to save the boat. We were fine. I talked the guy piloting the Zodiac into trying to right the day sailor only to see his boat, which was over 400 horsepower of motors on it, take so much water as it tugged the line to my boat that it was in danger of sinking itself. Well, now it was time for the Coast Guard Zodiac to come and take me and Patty up to the station in Wilmette, the next suburb north. This was maybe the bumpiest ride I'd ever had in a boat, so my angst intensified as I was being thrown around in that craft. A Coast Guard auxiliary guy at the station, they are volunteers, wanted to go out with their boat and pull mine to shore, but the Coast Guard guys wouldn't let them. They told me they had a commercial towboat I could call, which for some reason couldn't uh, do it either. Maybe it was because I didn't want to pay them so much money. I told them about the Evanston Zodiac that was half submerged from trying to right my boat, and then they raced out to help right that boat, figuring probably it was a good idea. It might get them some future business from the city. The towboat took us back south to see if my boat had sunk yet, but when I came upon the beach nearest where it turtled, I just couldn't believe my eyes. A bunch of high school-age lifeguards had pulled it to shore. One of them obviously knew something about sailing and had been smart enough to unhook the mast so that nothing nothing was broken. I could not believe my luck. The day sailor was saved to fight another sea another day. And of course, I left a bunch of money with their boss for a pizza party for them. 
What a happy ending. For the nearly half century I've sailed my little boat in Evanston, I've built up a memory bank reflecting on many incidents, maybe not as exciting as the turtling incident, but interesting nonetheless. A lot of those incidents seem to have taken place in the early days, back in the 70s and 80s. Like the Friday evening, I invited my cousin Erwina and her husband, a former Northwestern football player named Don, out for an evening sail. This was before I learned the importance of having a small motor with at all times. We immediately sailed into irons. No sooner had we moved out about a half mile from the dock than the wind died down completely, as it does sometimes on a summer evening. We had a few drinks, talked a while, drifted further away from the dock. A light breeze pushed us north along the shoreline. As we continued to lose daylight, the boat drifted toward the shore of a large home, I call it a mansion, in North Evanston. We decided to tie off at a small dock on the front of the mansion and made our way to the street to hitch a ride back to the boat ramp where my car was parked. Our efforts finally paid off when a tiny little car, maybe it was a Fiat or something even smaller, stopped and four of us poured into this like a sardine can. The next day I borrowed my father's trolling motor and went back to retrieve the sailboat. A young house sitter walked up to me and told me I had no right to park the boat there overnight. I don't think she knew much about the laws of the sea, but anyway, it was uh, time to get a motor. Some of the best adventures I've had sailing over the years were in Florida, back in the 90s especially, excluding the one I described in the last podcast where I was impressed into sailing my friend's 42-foot boat up the coast overnight. But there have been some wonderful sailing adventures, and it all started when we went to rent bicycles on Longboat Key, north of Sarasota, where we vacation in the winter. The owner of the bike shop, a short, happy-go-lucky guy named Scotty, was a true Florida beach guy. He'd lived a hard and fast life like so many young people do in those beach towns on the Gulf, but Scotty, in in his 30s now, had decided to become a businessman, and the result was a very popular bike rental shop for the snowbirds who visited every winter. After finding out that he was the owner of a 26-foot sailboat, I began in earnest to coax him into taking my family for a sunset sail after he closed the shop. We'd grab some food and drinks and meet him at the dock. Scotty knew Tampa Bay waters very well. He enjoyed the kids, and for a half dozen years or more, we rode, would ride with him out for a bunch of fun things to do. A brief aside here, when our kids were young and we started going to Florida, we did make a few stops in Orlando at the new Disney World then. It was an exciting time there because some of it was still under construction. But over the years it became more crowded, it started to become less fun, and more of a chore to wait in lines. At the same time, we began to realize that the real Florida, the one with lakes and gulf beaches and tropical forests and abundant wildlife was actually more interesting. Also, on progressive trips to Orlando, 
we spend a lot of time traveling across the state, cross-country through small dusty towns and large cattle ranches, and we got a whole different perspective on this peninsular state. Going sailing with Scotty reinforced these feelings. Our usual destination with him for an evening sail would be a small island in Tampa Bay called Egmont Key, a favorite destination for local boaters where you could anchor your boat and fish or swim or explore the former Spanish prison for Native Americans from the 19th century that had occupied that island. The big bonus was that there was a small village on the island also that housed pilots who guided large freighters in and out of Tampa Bay and the big draw in that village was a colony of large sea turtles and gopher tortoises uh, who delighted us all. Since those times, Egmont Key has been taken over by the state of Florida and made into a national wildlife refuge with lots of restrictions for visiting. Opportunity for those kinds of experiences that we had are becoming more and more rare as development continues and wildlife recedes. I want to close this podcast with a cautionary tale about taking up sailing. It's something I've learned mostly by observation and experience over the years, and despite those TV stories you see about a single person navigating the globe on a sailboat, sailing and boating are best enjoyed in the company of friends and family. I've had more than one friend who spent an obscene amount of money on a big boat, like a quarter of a million dollars, only to sell it a couple years later because a spouse or kid or best friend was not available often enough to join him. It's kind of sad but true. Boating, whether on a motorboat or a sailboat, is best enjoyed as a group activity. Anyway, either way, as Mr. Toad said, there's no one so much fun as messing around in boats. Ahoy till next time. Red sails in the sunset Way out on the sea Please carry my This is Mel Zellman. Thank you for listening. And catch us next time. Oh,